Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 47. I am Morgan, aka Bond Diesel, and this episode will be known as Now We Wait. This is actually the second recording of this episode. The first one got corrupted and I could not use it. So let's let's just hope that I got everything off my chest and it will go from there. Um yeah. So stay of the game recap. Um there there wasn't a stay of the game. So um, I highly suspect we'll get another special report, uh, maybe next week, uh, the week before the open beta, uh, or maybe right after. Uh, and then we have to consider that uh, the game releases shortly after that, and about 10 days later, if that, not even that hardly. And I assume we'll start getting state of the games again with uh, special reports when they have stuff to tell us that isn't part of that. So. I'll be excited to see Yannick, Petter, probably some Hamish, probably some Ella, maybe some Julian, maybe some Frederick, maybe some Matthias, we'll have to see, but uh, nothing this week, nothing uh, nothing reported or, or planned as far as we know either. As for Division News, we have the open beta coming, it's going to be March 1st through the 4th. Uh, we will be starting from the beginning. Uh, you will start a character from scratch once again. Uh, we have no word on whether there's going to be new missions or modes or areas to explore. I would assume there won't be much. Uh, maybe a couple extra things that they want to, to test out or to just show off. Uh, that's, the open beta, I think, is definitely going to be uh, along the lines of, look at this cool thing we have coming. Uh, rather than being all about testing, even though since I don't really want to spoil myself too much, I basically plan on only testing and taking screenshots. Um, I'm sure I'll stream. If there's any new stuff, I'll do that. But uh, I definitely don't want to overdo it so close to release of the actual game where I'll be playing through this stuff for the fourth or fifth time. <laughs> so uh, we shall see. And a reminder that no progress will carry over from the beta to the main game either. They've been really clear about that. Um, for for me, I really hope this open beta uh, includes a, a lot of fixes. I don't expect it to have all of them that we'll see uh, in the release day patch. Uh, and then what I assume will be another patch a week or two later. Um, so, you know, there may still be some issues, but I suspect um, it'll be fine. So... Um, you know, the big things, the, the sound bug, um, some of the connection stuff, which I felt got worked out pretty well. Um, but issues with the sound would be the biggest thing for me, just so people can hear how awesome these guns sound and, and the, the detail they've done with that type of thing. Uh, the other bit of news was uh, the second edition of the Division Extremist Malice comic book was released. Um, it continues the story on from the first one, uh, the, the, the Dune, um, Agent Dune or Dunny or whatever his name is goes to, uh, Philadelphia and I'm, I'm going to kind of leave uh, a lot of details out. What I will say is that if you're really into the lore of division, if you're really into the story and so on and so forth, 
uh, I do highly recommend these. They're only a couple bucks each. They are really short, so if you're looking at reading like a graphic novel or something, you're you're probably gonna be a little disappointed. Um, I, I do wish they were a little longer. Um, I'd be more than happy if they were double the price, if they were twice as long. But um, more than anything, if, if you haven't read them yet, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you just wanna get all three of them once the third one is released. What's interesting is the third one was supposed to release before the release of the game. Uh, but I just got a notification from Amazon that the, the release date has been pushed back to like the 25th or something of March. And when I got to thinking about it, I highly suspect that there may be um, some spoilers in the third edition uh, that may have something to do with the end of Division 2. Uh, because not only did they push it back, but they pushed it back you know, after a lot of people are going to finish the campaign of Division 2. Uh, you know, a couple weeks seems reasonable for most people to get through it. Uh, so I highly suspect that whatever that third episode is, is it has some pretty meaty information. And uh, now I'm even more curious to see how they're going to wrap uh, the comic books up. I also hope that the comic book has done well enough uh, that it's sold uh, really well and that uh, they may bring it back because I think this is a cool different medium. Uh, you know, it seems like we're getting this comic maybe instead of the movies that we got last time. Uh, if I had the trade, I will say I really enjoyed those kind of short films they did with Division 1 and maybe would have preferred something like that again. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers and we will uh, enjoy what we get for the most part. So, so, yeah, if you enjoy the lore, if you want to learn more, hear about what's going on, other parts of the country, this the Extremist Malice comic books uh, are good for that, so I suggest checking them out. Now, on to the discussion part of the episode. Um, I was just going to cover some community topics that popped up, because honestly, in the last week, I feel like we haven't really gotten any groundbreaking news or things to talk about. So, I've seen a lot of talk about the lack of skill gap, uh, competitiveness, and things like that. Uh, I guess generally talking about games, but obviously specifically for Division 2. And I guess the big thing I'll point out is that you know anyone who pays attention to a lot of or any of my content will know that for for a while I've been I've been predicting that there was going to be quite a bit of backlash to Division 2 by a relatively small part of the community especially the currently playing community of Division 1. And I basically assumed, and still do, that the majority of people who... Not majority. Many of the people who enjoy PvP in Division 1 and still manage to play it today are probably not going to like Division 2. Or at least not like the PvP. That's because I think a lot of those people have come to love the Division 1's PvP and the way it works. The timing of the heals, you know, the, the, the builds that you get to use, the, the, the movement methods, um, and kind of just the style. The problem is, is that from my perspective and my perspective only, I'm not saying that you're wrong, I'm just saying what I think, uh, that it's Stockholm Syndrome and that people have learned to love it despite its weaknesses and despite how just kind of bad it is uh which i know is kind of a bold statement uh, but if you've 
this shouldn't be news to anyone who who knows me. And I think that the biggest factor for how well people will transition from Division One PvP to two will basically be dependent on how flexible they are and how comfortable they are with other types of PvP games. So if you're a Battlefield player, if you played SOCOM, if you enjoyed Future Soldier and the, the Ghost Recon games, if you enjoyed even Call of Duty and things like that to a point, I think you will enjoy Division 2's PvP. If you never liked any of those, and you found yourself liking Division 1 PvP for whatever reason, I, I think that it's going to be tough for people to enjoy it um i i again i don't want to say i'm necessarily judging anything i i just think that there's just some really fundamental issues with division one's pvp and i think people found a love for it but maybe kind of lost sight of the, the insane problems with it and and the things that it kind of explain why no one else really liked it uh, you know, people came and went, and I think there's this idea of that, you know, they were quitters or they weren't good at division PVP. And, um, I, I think that there's kind of a tendency to not maybe self-examine or to maybe look at why people left. And instead it's just, well, they just sucked. So they didn't like it. But, you know, I, I, I personally can't think of anyone who I would, who I recognize as being competitive in PVP games in general, who, played division one for any significant amount of time wids but that dude's aim means that he can be good at basically anything uh, i know marco dabbled in some other games but most of the people i can think of who you know played pvp and division and still do I've even seen them actively not enjoy games like Blackout, you know, a lot of the BRs, uh, the Call of Duty regular multiplayer, um, Battlefield. I've seen people completely dismiss Battlefield, even though I still think despite Battlefield 5's issues, it's still one of the premier PvP games that you can play. I, it's interesting. So I, I think that this, you know, skill gap has become the most popular term on Twitter for division lately. Uh, what's interesting is that some people consider skill cap a long um, time to kill where people make multiple decisions that can affect the outcome of a particular fight. Uh, but some people consider time uh, skill gap being able to kill someone faster than they can kill you in a really short time to kill like what we see in division two. I would like to think it's somewhere in the middle. I'm one who's kind of started to say that I wouldn't mind if the if the time to kill in Division 2 was not significantly longer, not 50% longer, not even 20% longer, but like one more shot. Because I think one thing you have to have for like a satisfying PvP experience is to be punished when you make mistakes, which I think is good, um, but to also have at least a moment of opportunity to make a decision that can impact the outcome of a fight. And in the Division 2 beta that we got to play in, where I played uh, probably more PvP than, than not, uh, believe it or not, I, I, I think that there, there were just a lot of situations where even when I didn't make a mistake, I wasn't out in, in the middle of nowhere, 
I, I was, you know, trying to be smart and, and play, you know, tactically and intelligently. That there were still situations where, like, I had zero control over what was going on. And, and I think that's the thing that people are going to miss the most. Um, and, I, and I think that there's improvements that can be made there without making it bullet spongy like it currently is in Division 1. So it's a balance. I just think it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I think we have to accept that there's going to be people who won't like Division 2 that we wish did that are big in the community, but there's a chance that they just won't. And that's okay. And people will come in and take those people's place and that's okay. So I just think that that conversation is going to be interesting to follow. I highly suggest, you know, trying to get multiple opinions on it and uh, not just focus on particular people too much. Another topic I saw a ton this week was talking about the 12X uh, autoscope zoom. So I, I've seen a lot of people who think that the auto zoom when you aim down sights is associated with particular guns. Uh, it's not, it's associated with particular scopes on any gun. In theory, you could put a 12X scope on an SMG or a shotgun and when you aim down sights, it would scope in. So, you know, keep that in mind if you didn't know that already. I believe um, the 8 and 12X and 15X scopes all fully zoom in, where I believe the 4X and below uh, allow you to aim over the shoulder. Uh, I know for me, with the sniper rifles in Division 2's beta, I was using a 4X scope on all of the sniper rifles that gives you optimal range. Probably not ideal for a sniper rifle, but uh, I found it easiest to use and it gave me that over the shoulder I wanted. Now, a lot of people also don't realize that the main reason they changed this was because in Division 1, everyone put a 12x scope on every single gun, especially the lightweight M4, to get 30% extra headshot damage or whatever the scope was rolled. Well, in Division 2, the 12x scope gives you 30% extra headshot damage. And people seem to be upset that they can't utilize that on their other guns because they have to scope. And I guess my whole thought is, well, exactly. That's the decision they're making you make with a, sni with a sniper rifle. If you're planning on sitting back and you're able to use the ADS, the scope, then uh, that's the, that's the, that's the bonus. That's the, that's the upside of having to do that. Now I've seen people argue that, well, they should just make the 30% headshot damage only effective when scoped. Uh, so people could put a 12X on their M4 and they could still shoot, you know, with their um, third person. Or they could have it on a marksman rifle or, a, you know, a bold action of some type and have the ability to third person and then they could zoom if they wanted. That's basically how the 4X works. My thing with that, uh, and I get it, you know, I understand that solution. It's just then what's the point of having that 12x? So if you want the 12x so you can shoot over the shoulder, but you won't get the bonus, then why even have it? Um, I, you know, I, but I'm not saying that's a clear argument against it. I, I just think this is one of those things where people need to kind of, you know, realize that just because you're able to use a certain setup in Division 1, it's kind of like the PvP thing. It's a new game. It's new everything. You know, as much as some people want to say Division 2 is just Division 1.5, I think that's 
especially comparing division or destiny one and two in the same accusations i i think that division two is very much a sequel in multiple ways but especially i'm changing big things like this that may not seem that big so I personally hope they keep the 12x auto zoom i do hope that they make the transition a little bit smoother that's probably the most reasonable thing i think i've seen people complain about is that it's like kind of a janky animation now i know for pc uh, and just in general they're probably wanting to prevent like quick scoping so i understand if there's like a slight delay but i i, I do remember and i and i and i've heard lots of people saying that it's just it's like an awkward transition from from non-scoping to scoping with that 12x with the auto scope so you know something a little smoother in there would definitely be nice uh, a topic that actually just came up yesterday which i found interesting and obviously i'm fairly personally connected to it but there was um, apparently on a private facebook group which to some point is their business and no one else's uh, but there were some kind of disparaging things said about the star players that had their name put on a plaque in the uh, not in the air and space museum I, I thought it was the air and space museum it's not it's another it's an art museum uh, in the division that uh, i believe sage and neuronix and some other people um, took some good screenshots of and found uh, now for full clarity i am one of the people on this plaque that's in the game and i guess there is a community that uh you know some of the members did not feel that the people on there deserved it that they either quit on the game or were unknown and so on and so forth so again i expect if you're listening to this podcast you uh know who i am <laughs> i hope uh else you're kind of crazy for spending this time with me and um i just i find it hard to think you know, of a group of people um, who both have been and are dedicated to the game um, and and who have been willing to, like, step up when they need to. Um, I mean, you know, like people saying that there's, you know, it's all shills and, and, and uh, you know, people who are overly friendly to the game on there and they are just ignoring people on there like Cal who has always been very positive and always given his honest opinion but has never been afraid to rip on the game when it's necessary um it's just some weird stuff on there it, you know and that whole argument turned into kind of a childish uh flogging that uh, I, I tried to stay mostly out of though uh when someone said that the people on there only played for like a week and then left and I I decided to uh, to drop the a little hammer with my almost 200 days of gameplay in Division One. Um, I had to kind of be like, okay, bro, I may suck, my content may be awful, but I've at least played this damn game a shit ton. So, so let's let's at least be honest about that. So, this is a pretty good opportunity just to throw out there that you know, if if you're moaning and groaning about other people's accomplishments. Um, you know, rather than do that, then maybe do something yourself. If if you want that, then work for it. If you just want to complain, that's cool. But just don't be surprised if you get kicked back. And uh, that's something I could probably say for myself too. I'm not one that's ever not been jealous of other people's successes or or not been judgmental of the way other people do things. Um, you know, most of the time I regret some of the things I've said or, or alluded to, but you know, we're human, we're not perfect. But yeah, if, if you're upset about something like that star player plaque in the game, um, if you want to be on it, do something to get on it. If you just want to moan and groan about it, 
find something else to do that's a waste of everyone's time last i've said it before i'm gonna say it again in these weeks leading up to and after the division two comes out please for the love of all that's good think for yourself there's gonna be lots of clickbait videos there's gonna be lots of videos that are way overly positive about division two I'm seeing it right now with another game with a bunch of content creators who were obviously paid a lot of money more than likely, or at least given some really good deals to say some really good things about games. And just so everyone knows, I'm actually not talking about Anthem here. And there's going to be people who have already decided to tee off on division two and hate it. So my, my, my best advice is whether people are saying good or bad things, pay attention to whether they only say good things and pay attention to whether they only say bad things. Uh, I, I also suggest, um, you know, getting, you know, five, 10, 15 different sources of information, especially kind of like general opinions on the game. Um, you know, I would never tell someone to only listen to my opinion while I think I'd I try to do a good job of giving a balanced opinion. I know that I definitely lean positive. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, going to people who, you know, I would say lean kind of negative, uh, you know, saying go right up, upper echelon is someone who I think leans critical. Uh, I think he gives credit when credit is due in his opinion. Uh, but I think someone like him, even if you don't love his opinions, it's still good to get that perspective. That's something I've always tried to do. I try to watch videos from people who I wholly disagree with all the time, partially so I can shake my head and, 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 and chuff under my breath, but also because if I just only expose myself to ideas of people who I agree with, then I'm not challenged at all and I don't have to step back and think if maybe I'm being a little too biased or if I'm being a little too positive sometimes. So there's that. Please just talk to people and let them know and, you know, talk to others, listen to lots of people. Um, uh, kind of the last thing I'll talk about in this in this discussion part of the show is I, mean, I know I'm very positive, um, but I do try to use my relationships and uh, kind of my, you know, quote unquote status, which I'm such a small fish and, and I, and I fully recognize that, but it seems like if I bring up something that I'm serious about, I get a response uh, a couple weeks ago, I brought up a, you know, I did a Twitter post about the stash space that got a ton of reaction. Uh, and within a few days we had the information about stash space. I don't think that's because of me. I think they probably had that plan before. But I would like to think that my input uh, and my question didn't hurt. Just last week, I brought up a thing about the additional content in the season pass and how we kind of need to know what that is, especially as people are pre-ordering the game and maybe don't completely know what they're getting. And uh, Julian Garrity responded and basically said that uh, we should know very, very soon. Someone suggested that they give us a really detailed uh, like info drop uh, an article or something to explain everything and he felt like that was a great idea so hopefully that's some insinuation that that will be getting that soon uh, i do want to start throwing in like an other stuff section into the podcast where i talk about other games gaming news in general uh developer news all that crazy stuff talking about things like the activision layoffs and and kind of give my input on those. Uh, this will definitely be a category where I'm going to be getting probably way over my head. Uh, but this week, I want to talk about Far Cry. 
Metro and Anthem. So Far Cry New World, uh, full disclosure, I did not pay for Far Cry New World. I got it as a free code. Uh, when you are a star player for uh, Ubisoft, you get um, all of their releases free for the next year, which means I'll be getting uh, Division 2, should be the last game I get. And um, so I really liked the first Far Cry and Far Cry 2. Uh, I liked Far Cry 3 as well. I thought the villain was great. I did not play a single minute of Far Cry 4 or Primal. Um, I played 5 fairly extensively. I played through the whole story, played a bunch of side stuff, did some of the... I actually never touched the DLCs because they looked awful, if I have to be totally honest. And um, But I did a bunch of the, the multiplayer stuff as well. Uh, I liked Fallout 5, or Fallout, Far Cry 5. But, um, you know, it was a play it, finish it, and I'll probably never touch it again thing. So Far Cry New World. Um, pretty. Uh, neat, you know. But if there's ever been an example of a change that wasn't needed, I just feel like putting in RPG mechanics into Far Cry is just such a bummer. And I don't, I wouldn't mind if it was handled what I felt like in a balanced way, but in the first hour or so I played, I was at the church, if you, and you'll know what I mean, and there was a bottom level grunt enemy that just has like a pistol or a, you know, an AR or something, and I had this SVD sniper rifle, and he's up on the roof. And I shot him twice in the head, and he still had a sliver of health left. This is in the first hour. Like, if you're going to do an RPG system, you can't make it so already a bottom tier enemy can't be taken out with a headshot from a rifle. Maybe if I was shooting a BB gun or something, you know. But that, I have to admit that, you know, some of the stuff seems kind of neat. It seems like a whole lot of the same from Far Cry 5. And, and it's just the lack of satisfaction with the gunplay this time. I just can't. That The gunplay is what that game is. Gunplay and hilarious insanity is what that game has always been to me. Uh, and maybe there's some hilarious insanity in it. Uh, maybe I'll get to it eventually. But the gunplay and the satisfaction of killing things in that game is just gone. And I just kind of don't care. I'm good. So that's kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. Metro is a game. I have not played a Metro game in many, many years. Um, I like them. They just scare me a lot. It's like Resident Evil 2. I don't like that feeling of anxiety. So I've always struggled with those types of games and getting through them. Uh, but Metro, uh, it looks good so far from what I'm seeing. I, I definitely plan on checking it out at some point. But I've got to be totally honest. Uh, at least the next three or four months, I think my focus is going to be pretty heavy on Division 2. And then Anthem. Good old Anthem. Um, so I played in the technical alpha, or whatever they called it, the closed alpha for that, which I guess I can't talk about because of an NDA. And then I played in the open. Uh, actually, in the, 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 the open demo and the closed demo, I played in both. Um, and I have not played the full game release. So I'm taking what I'm seeing and hearing people say combined with my hands-on experience with the game. And so I wasn't all that impressed when I got to play. The world seems empty, albeit very pretty. Uh, the flying, specifically taking off, is so freaking cool. 
um, shooting the guns and using your special weapons and skills felt completely dead to me. Just boring. The enemies are just kind of cannon fodder and I don't even find the destiny enemies fun to kill. Uh, I find the destiny shooting to be very fun. Uh, but the destiny, that's one of my biggest complaints about destiny is that I feel like I'm just at a, you know, at a country fair shooting, you know, little targets that, that don't really care and that they're too easy. And Anthem definitely has that same issue for me. Um, and from what I've seen, that hasn't really changed. It's either enemies that run around aimlessly and maybe shoot at you or big giant bullet sponges that don't really seem to have even like deep mechanics. Um, you know, I won't go into a lot of the stuff I've seen about the story and all of that. Um, it seems like some people love it and think it's true Bioware. I, I have to say it seems like a lot more don't and are kind of bummed about it. Um, I, in particular, there's a there's an issue apparently where uh, one of the story missions or tasks is to do all these open world kind of busy work things. And I understand every game you have to grind out, you know, uh, RPGs, especially looter shooters. You have to grind out side missions to, to gain experience and levels and gear to be able to move on in the story. But in this in particular has made it part of the story. And I from I watched four or five different streams, a couple of streamers who were obviously not happy with the game, a couple with streamers who were pumped and really happy with the game. And. Um, Anthem just seems like a game that didn't learn any lessons from Destiny, from War, Warframe or from The Division. And it seems like either they just didn't pay attention or they just assumed their product was so different they didn't need to pay attention. And um, what I will say is that if Anthem can go along the, the rails of Division or even Destiny to a point, and definitely Warframe, and improve over time and listen to its community and give them what they want, uh, I think it'll be a really cool game. I'm excited to see what happens with that. I'm just afraid that they may go the route of Andromeda and just put out some stuff that they probably legally have to in some capacity and then move on to the next project. I really hope that doesn't happen. I know people are excited about Anthem. I'm not super enthusiastic about it and I haven't been ever since I saw the gameplay trailer last year, but I still, you know, there's a lot of people who I really like who are really excited for that game and it kind of reminds me of how like I don't really care for Destiny that much, but I really want it to be good because I know so many people who are really invested and really want it to be awesome. And that's definitely kind of my my feelings about Anthem at this point is is it's kind of a bummer, but I really do truly hope that in a year we can be like, man, Anthem really turned it around. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, listener questions. So I've got one from Jernsum NL. And they, it's kind of a long one, so bear with me here. A part of their question was actually asking about the Extremist Malice 2. Uh, so, you know, I've already answered that. But uh, now that you have played the private beta and can actually talk about it, do you plan to make a detailed comparison of improvements, changes uh, once the open beta drops? In addition, congrats again uh, to you and Bay Diesel. So, if you didn't know, I let everyone know that in August of this year, uh, Bay Diesel and I are expecting a little 
a little bun in the oven diesel uh, a little let's see what were some of the ones i saw baby diesel uh mini diesel uh i don't know there were some really funny names that people came up with so thank you i appreciate that um on the comparison thing um i didn't i did like a like a twitter post of my impressions of the private beta uh with the open beta being so close to division two and me kind of wanting to ramp up my videos again um, i'll probably do like a short impressions video talk about things that seem to get better uh things that maybe got worse um things that still need to be worked on and uh yeah i, I definitely plan on doing something I, I don't really have the editing time or skill to really dive in um the other big problem is that all of my vods uh that i recorded during the private beta weekend uh for some reason slobs um uh ruined them all uh it's something they 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 got um corrupted and none of them are useful so uh, i can technically download the vods off of twitch which i may do uh, to get some footage but overall um i'm probably just not gonna go through that uh, i did some long streams those would take a really long time to download and um but i do plan on doing some kind of video so so be on the lookout for that uh, the little last section here of content updates uh, i have replaced my elgato hd60 pro with an avermedia 4k internal capture card uh, and a three terabyte hard drive so i can record some 4k um elgato has really bummed me out and probably lost me as a customer um i have a i had a setup where i had a um, an hd60 pro on my computer i have an xbox one x um, I had a 4K splitter that would downgrade signal. Uh, so the, the Xbox went to the splitter um, as the source, and then it split out to my monitor in 4K, and then to my Elgato in 1080p. The setup worked for many months. Uh, from what I saw when I did research, this is a really common way for people to handle uh, the setup. And then when uh, apparently it appears the HD60 Pro has gone bad on me because I replaced every other part and it, and it still wasn't working, they basically said that wasn't a supported setup that they would uh, be willing to help out with and basically didn't want to honor my warranty. Uh, that's two years and I've had this thing for six months. So after uh, some poking and prodding, they did agree to uh, give me a replacement HD60 Pro uh, but honestly, uh, which I'm going to take because uh, someone else may want it. And um, yeah, it's a bummer. Elgato is very expensive. And I like to think that sometimes when things are more expensive, it's, it's because of quality. And I think Elgato has a lot of really quality products. But this was a situation where if, if you're going to be a premium product, you also have to have premium customer service. And taking two weeks with a total of like three or four emails uh, to figure this out, I'll let you judge. As for uh, streaming content, um, I have been playing Apex Legends a lot lately. I really like that game. Um, I can tell by the viewer numbers that you all aren't super interested in watching it. So um, I do plan on trying to do some division um, every stream for at least an hour or so. And then we'll probably switch over to some Apex. I don't really want it to be a, a bait and switch, but to some point, um, I miss you guys and I enjoy chatting with people, but I also understand that, you know, division's the game you like to watch, even if it's three years old. 
and I'll try to kind of make everyone happy, including myself. Um, I want to do a giveaway. I'm, I'm having a tough time putting one together. It seems like everyone and their brother is giving away a copy of Division 2. Uh, maybe I will. I don't know. I just, um, you know, I just don't want to get lost in the fray to a point. To a point, I'd like to do something more unique. So I'm trying to get some um, kind of merchandise type of stuff together for Division 2. The big issue is I want to give away a mug, but the mug I pre-ordered uh, doesn't release, I think, until the game does. Um, so we may end up just doing a copy of the game and some shirts and maybe some comics or something like that. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I will be excited to do it. So there we go. To wrap it up, if you like the podcast, please follow on whatever platform you are listening on. If you are on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps me improve the podcast and it helps other people find it. If you check out the podcast on YouTube and you want to see more uh, podcasts and videos in general, please subscribe, like the video, comment below the video, uh, and let me know what you think. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, where I stream multiple times a week, and on Twitter as Bond Diesel. If you want to support the podcast, there should be a link in the description below to support the show. It's kind of a Patreon type of deal. You can find links to all of my projects in the description below. And that's all I have. So until next time.